RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. On October 16, 1976, the New York Yankees faced the Cincinnati Reds at Riverfront Stadium for Game 1 of the 1976 World Series. This is the CBS radio broadcast of Game 1, featuring announcers Bill White and Wynn Elliott. The Reds are baseball defending champs. Mickey Rivers takes the first pitch up too high. Mickey batted 312 for the Yankees on the year. Eight home runs, drove in 67 runs, batting leadoff. He also stole 43 bases. The next pitch is low. Two balls, no strikes. The umpires, by the way, Lee Wire of the National League is behind the plate. Louis DeBuro of the American League at first base, Billy Williams. Umpiring at second, he's a National League umpire. And Bill Deegan of the American League at third, who's swarming in uh, left hand, Dave Phillips in right. There's a strike. Two balls, one strike on Rivers. It'll be Mickey Rivers, Roy White, and uh, Thurm Munson against Don Gullett here in the top half of the first inning. Here's a wind by the left-hander and the 2-1 pitch. Pop foul, straight back and out of play. And it's two balls, two strikes on Rivers. Rivers had a fantastic last game against Kansas City, as you know, Bill. The first four times he was up there completely upset him. He's a, he fascinates me. Well, when he gets on base, things happen. As when Pete Rose gets on base for the Cincinnati Reds, things begin to happen. The count now on Rivers, two balls, two strikes. Mickey is from Miami, Florida, still lives there. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Fastball, slice foul, left side, not a play. Count remains, two balls, two strikes. Bill, everything Mickey does is herky-jerky. He seems to be pulled together by wires, and yet when he puts it all together, it's a fluid river there. Yes. They play him to hit to the opposite field. With Foster over there the line and left. Here's the 2-2. One run and miss. Coming out with heat, and Rivers goes down swinging. That's one way to keep him from stealing. Don't let him get on the base. That ball seemed to be a little on the high side, and uh, maybe Mickey was a little anxious. Well, uh, when Mickey is a high ball hitter, most left-handed hitters are low ball hitters. But Mickey chops the high ball and drives it. The low pitch, he slaps it the other way on the ground. So there's one out, nobody on. Here's Roy White, a switch hitter. He's at a right-handed against Gullet. And the first pitch. Too high, a fastball. White hit 286 on the year for the Yankees, hit 14 home runs, and drove in 65 runs. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Fastball is high again. Two balls, no strike. We're at the top of the first here at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, the opening game of the 1976 World Series. There's one out, nobody on for the Yankees. The outfield straightens up. They play White straight away. Dealing on deck is Thurm Munson. Here's a 2-0 to White. Fastball pops up right side and foul territory after this Perez pitch. They'll run out of room about two rows back behind the Cincinnati Red dugout on the first base side. Oh, they count on White now, two balls and a strike. Roy is the remnant from the previous great Yankee days. He came just as the Yankee, the magic seemed to disappear back in the late 60s. But he's always impressed me as being Mr. Cool. Right or left, nothing seems to bother him. I don't know what goes on inside, but outside, he is always in command, and he has certainly been one of the solid Yankees through the year. He came up as an infielder, played second base, moved him to left field, and he's done an excellent job. He's a senior Yankee in point of service. And the count of two balls and a strike on White. 
Gullet now looking at it bench for a sign. Gets it and the pitch. Fastball, bounce pass, third. Off the glove of Rose. Picked up by Concepcion. The throw is in time. Cincinnati Reds come up with a spark where Rose to his left. The ball came off his left. Concepcion behind him. Picked up the ball and got it to first base. And they just hit white. Beautiful reaction by Concepcion because he was actually leaning towards second base. I don't know why. And then when he saw the camera, you know difficult it is to change directions with your body on an incident. He did it and with no hesitation on the throw. So the put out 5-6-3 off the glove of uh, the third baseman Pete Rose. Concepcion picked it up and showed a fine arm. So there are two outs now. Nobody on for third Munson. The Yankee catcher. Munson batted 3-0-2 on the year. Hit 17 home runs. Drove in 105 runs. Second year in a row. Munson drove in 100 runs for the Yankees. And he takes the strike. Bill, that's a load of quality right there around home plate right now. Oh, Sir Munson and Johnny Bench, two of the best catchers in baseball. In fact, they might be the best in baseball. The next pitch is down in the dirt, blocked nicely by Bench. It's a ball and a strike. Thurm's from Akron, Ohio. A Buckeye. About to take way up the state between here and Cleveland. <laughs> nobody on top half the first no score yet and the one one pitch to Munson fastball on it ball dips down and away it's ball and two strikes as the first batter that the gala didn't get behind on immediately then of course he recovered with each of them but he looks fast yes he does of course the Yankees know that he has a good fastball it's a moving fastball here's a one two to Munson just missed outside two balls two strikes up around the infield with Rose at third, Concepcion the shortstop, Morgan at second, and Perez at first. The outfield, George Foster in left, Cesar Geronimo in center, and Ken Griffey out in right. Johnny Bench flashing signs for Gullen. And the 2-2 pitch, low, three balls, two strikes, the count is full. On deck for the Yankees is Lou Pinella, their designated hitter. Gullen now on the front side of the mound, gets that ball, rubs it up a bit. Goes back, he'll go to the rosin bag. Bench backs up at third. Check that. Rose backs up at third. Mm-hmm. Pete Rose. Has been playing in close. Here's the 3-2. Fastball from on a miss. Munson got a piece of it. It was held by Johnny Bench. So Don Gullett strikes out two of the three men he faces here in the top of the first. And that's the end of one half inning of play. The Yankees nothing. The Cincinnati Reds coming up. Here comes the pace.
had he read Ruder, I would be encouraged by the way Don Gullett's ball is moving. He has plenty of speed. It was dipping down. The Yankees seem a little anxious. If I were a New York Yankee Ruder, I'd be encouraged too. Because after all, it's a miracle of the ninth inning, which is uh, much like the Bobby Thompson ending of the New York Giants of a few years ago. And the airplane ride and uh, the awakening of the fact that they've got some blood and mostly champagne. You could expect them to be a little on edge, but you take heart, you Yankee rooters. I've said nice things about the Reds. I remember the Miracle Mets after they went through that exhausting final game. Monty Urban, for instance, I was with him till 7, 8 o'clock in the dressing room. I was so tired, I didn't even go to the opening game. I couldn't. I went home. That son of a gun stole home in that game. They still had enough left, you know, of whatever it is. So this game has just begun. Excitement. Pete Rose, their third baseman. Rose can play anywhere. Wouldn't surprise me if they put a bit on him, gave him a mask, and put him behind the plate. Switch hitter batting left-handed against Doyle Alexander here in the bottom half of the first inning, a scoreless ball game so far. And the first pitch is outside of the ball. You know, when one of the reasons Billy Martin chose Doyle Alexander to start this ball game, he throws a lot of off-speed pitches. The next pitch is a fastball. It's a call strike. It's one and one. And Martin feels that the change-up and the curveballs would be the kind of pitches that would give the fastball-hitting Reds the most trouble. Here's Alexander's 1-1 pitch, and it's outside. Two balls and a strike. When Doyle is good, he is very, very good. As you know, Bill, he's had a couple of games where he uh, held the team's hitless for maybe three-quarters of the game, seven, eight innings. 2-1 pitch to Rose. This is outside. Three balls and a strike. He pitched about five games in a row where he went into the fifth and sixth innings without giving up a base hit. He can be tough. Here's a 3-1 to Pete Rhodes. Swung on, hit in the air, left center. White, moving to his left. The left fielder's there. Comes in a couple of steps, and he backs off and lets the center fielder Rivers makes the catch. And there's one away. So White over there. It looks like the Yankee outfielders are having a little bit of trouble seeing that ball win. I don't know. I went down there and looked up, and of course, at that time, it was a completely overcast sky, but I notice it's clearing up now. The overcast is on right field, and the center and left field, it's a, it's a patch of blue, so the conditions seemingly have changed. In fact, we have much more sunlight than we did. Here's Ken Gerby, the right fielder. Left-handed batter. He takes the strike. Ken Gerby from Denora, Pennsylvania, batted 336 on the year for the Reds. Hit six home runs, drove in 74 runs. Play him more or less straight away. As a one-strike pitch comes on, bunted foul, straight back. Griffey trying to bunt his way on. No balls, two strikes. I had a, I'm sorry, Bill. I was going to say I'd had a question in my own mind with Alexander not having pitched for three weeks and the weather a little on the cold side today, that at least in the opening inning he might have trouble with control. So far, no. So I don't think so. You know, Doyle pitched uh, that way after the Yankees acquired him from the Baltimore Orioles. A lot of times he would have to miss a turn because you've got to send uh, Hunter out there all the time. You've got to send Holtzman out there. You've got to send Ellis. So every once in a while, Alexander would miss a turn. It would not affect his control. Here's the 0-2 to Griffey. Get in the air, left field, White coming on. He's there, and he puts it away for out number two. The ball hit hard by Grimby, but right to Roy White. So there are two outs and nobody on here at the bottom of the first. of scoreless ball game of the batter, Joe Morgan. Morgan batted 320 this year for the Reds. Hit 27 home runs, and Joe went 111 runs. 
in addition to that, he stole 60 bases and he missed 22 games. From Bonham, Texas, left-handed batter. First pitch to him to strike. He's the littlest intimidator I ever saw. <laughs> he might be the most complete baseball player in baseball today. The one-strike pitch is low. It's one and one. Like to have fun too. You remember Bill? We were talking about when he found Bench was batting seventh today. He said I wouldn't play. <laughs> they put me there. Little Neil at Bench. The next pitch is low. Two balls. One strike on Joe Morgan. Yankee outfield plays in the pool. So does the infield. They've got Stanley shortstop almost behind second. They get Morgan on a lot of the left field line. As the two-one pitch comes on, that ball is inside. Three balls in the strike. Cincinnati crowd warms to the possibility of seeing Mr. Scamper down there on first base. He can just feel it. 3-1 pitch. Swung on to the deep to right field. That ball is going. It is gone. And the ceremonial trot around all three. He just stole a march on the World Series headlines, and he takes his cap off and salutes his cohort cheering the stands, and they just love it. And the Cincinnati Reds, Joe Morgan puts his club out in front, bottom of the first, right in the right field stand. A parabola line drive, it was full of power. He got it just where he wanted it and put it where it belonged. Well, he's trying to steal a fastball by Morgan, and that's the worst thing you can do. Here's Tony Perez, the first baseman. He takes outside. So I guess that's why they they, uh, they passed Joe, the Phillies did, in that situation where the base is loaded. Yes. Low. Two balls, no strikes on Perez. Joe Morgan got a 3-1 pitch and drove it way over the right field fence at the 375 mark to give the Cincinnati Reds a one to nothing lead here in the bottom half of the first inning. The count now, two balls, no strikes on Tony Perez. And the next pitch... Fastball on the outside corner, it's two and one. On the season, the Reds hit 141 home runs. Also had a good running ball club. They sold 210 bases. The 2-1 pitch is outside, three balls and a strike. Which everybody knows they can hit the ball. As a team, they batted 280. The Yankees, on the other hand, hit 120 home runs during the season. And batted just under 270. 3-1 pitch, bounced up the middle to his left hand and can't get to it, makes it. Rivers over quickly, he'll get the ball back in and Perez will hold it first base. One of the things uh, when the Yankees worry about, they worried about it in Kansas City, the artificial service. And they'll have a worry here with, the, with this. Ball seems to get to them a lot quicker than at home. Of course, they have the natural side or the natural brass. Both these clubs are truly, as you indicated in your last remarks, Bill, uh, not only did they hit the ball out of the park, but it's unusual for a club to be so fast. Usually the heavy guys, are they're plotters, but neither one of these teams fit that description at all. Here's Danny Dreesen, the, uh, the designated hitter. He takes both. That was a source of some controversy here. The DH, the use of the DH by everybody in the series. Off first is Perez. The 1-0 pitch, runner's going, throw down a second, and they've got him. Fred Stanley putting 
to tag on Tony Perez for out number three. But the Reds pick up a run on the home run by Joe, Joe Morgan. They got one other hit. They leave nobody on base. And at the end of one, the Cincinnati Reds won. The New York Yankees, nothing. Now that you're about to buy a microwave oven, know the fact about features. These are the facts on the Amana Touchmatic radar range, the first microwave oven with a memory. Set it and it remembers to defrost, cook, and call you when dinner's ready. Freezer to table one, two, three. Amana Cookmatic Power Shift lets you select the cooking speed you need. Puts you in full control of everything you cook. Amana 675 watts of cooking power cooks almost everything in one-fourth the usual time and saves energy, uses 50 to 75% less energy than a conventional electric range. The stainless steel interior is big enough to roast a family-sized turkey. The removable glass oven tray catches spills and boilovers. All this plus Amana's full five-year warranty on the Magnetron. Covers Magnetron cost, labor charges, even the serviceman's travel expenses for five years. These are the facts. Amana believes once you know the facts, You'll buy an Amana Touchmatic radar range. Simple as that. Back at Riverfront Stadium, went Elliott with Bill White here, and the score is one nothing in favor of the Cincinnati Reds after the first inning. Uh, Joe Morgan deposited uh, Doyle Alexander fastball into the right field stands, and uh, that is the difference. As both these clubs now have had an opportunity to get rid of the butterflies, especially Joe Morgan. Alexander must know what it's like now. I understand, Bill, we just found out Alexander did pitch against the Reds at one time or another. Back in 1971 when he was with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was his only year in the National League. Faced the Reds three times. Didn't beat him. He was all two against the Reds. You may know Billy Martin's the machinations of his mind. He's out here talking to the plate umpire at the moment. About what do you know? No, I don't. He's pointing over toward the Reds dugout on the first base side. I think he was asking a question because of the way his, uh, he held his body, if there be such a thing as body language. I don't think he was being argumentative as such because the Reds crowd only needed his appearance. Yeah, to get on a little bit. <laughs> Here's Lou Vanilla against Don Gullis, second inning. And Gullis misses high. The Reds lead one to nothing. It'll be Vanilla, Chambliss, and the Nettles against the left-hander, Don Gullis. The 1-0 pitch is high again. Two balls, no strikes. Gullett struck out two of the three Yankees he faced in the top of the first. He was wild high, though. Yeah, and he was going two and nothing. He did on the first two batters. Of course, he knows. He goes out there and throws as hard as he can for as long as he can because Sparky Anderson has somebody to take care of him if he can't go in too much further. In his first game in the, uh, in the National League class, well, we let that go. The 2-0. Foul straight back, 2-1. I was going to say, Don, and, uh, uh, Bill, in his first game of the playoffs, he was overthrowing. He was too strong. This is what he told us. This is why he was wild. He had a similar experience in Fenway Park in the last uh, World Series. In the opening innings, he was wild because he was too strong. He had too much. Too much adrenaline flow. Right. 2-1 to Vanilla. Swung on line. Base hit down the right side. It'll go in the corner. Vanilla around first base, digging for second. Up with the ball of Scurpy, he gets it in, but not in time. So Lou Vanilla has the Yankees' first base and in the ball game as he doubles down into the right field corner. So Lou Vanilla down at second base, nobody out. And here's Chris Chambliss. Of course, I'm sure everybody knew what Chris Chambliss did. And that 
final game against the Kansas City Royals. The first pitch from Mark Littell, a young right-hander, hit it out of the ballpark, and the Yankees won that ball game 7-6. to six. Royals played excellent baseball in that whole series. So here's Campbell's in, left-handed batter. And the pitch to him. Dayton, Ohio, not too far from here. Born there, batted 293 this year for the Yankees, had 17 home runs, drove in 96 runs. It's left-handers fairly well, as Gullett sets and checks Pinella off second. The one-strike pitch, high, a ball on the strike. Bill, with Chambliss's closed stance, that is the right foot extended so far towards the plate. How does he get around so fast? Well, he waits a long time, but he is quick with the bat. He likes the ball out away from him. The curveball, he doesn't mind it being inside. But that fastball, he wants it, wants it away. Hits the ball mainly left center, right center. As Gullett sets. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on, in on the ground to second base. That'll get the runner over. Morgan takes it out. Fires on the Perez. They've got Chambers. Moving to third base is Lou Pinella. So Pinella at third base. There's one away, and it's up to Greg now. Reds lead 1-0. We're playing the top of the second. And let's see how the Cincinnati Red infield will play. Looks like they're going to shorten up just a bit. That's Rose at third, Concepcion the shortstop, Morgan at second, and Perez at first. They're shortening up. They want to cut this run down. Nettles led the American League in home runs with 32. He also drove in 93 runs. And the first pitch to him. It's a fastball too hot. Throw the third, not in time. Diving back in there is Lupinella. Bench with a quick toss to third base. And Pinella just got back. Now Dick Hauser, the Yankee third base coach, is telling Pinella to be alert. He's got a rifle behind the plate. Munson does the same thing quite a bit with With Yogi Berra sitting in the dugout, when have we ever had three catchers like that on one field at the same time? Next pitch is one on a miss. The ball on a strike. Hey, don't forget that guy coaching first base for the Yankees. You mean Alston Howard? Yes. You mean the guy that hit a home run the first time he ever played in a World Series, uh, first time at bat? Another pretty good catcher. You've got Howard and Vera and Mutz and Johnny Bench. And Bill Dickey and Mickey Cochran and Wally Shang and Methuselah. The count of ball and a strike on Nettles. Fidel on a third, one out here in the top half of the second inning. The Reds have a one to nothing lead. Fastball is high, two and one. On deck for the Yankees. Elliot Maddox. They play Nettles to pull in the outfield. I haven't seen anybody play third base in a long time, like, you know, since the days of Brooks, when Brooks was great, as this Nettles did. 2-1 pitch is outside, a breaking ball. Three balls and a strike. George Foster, the left fielder, sheeted a bit toward left center. Geronimo, a couple of steps toward right center. Griffey, deep and right. Here's a 3-1. Swung on it, deep to center. That should get a run in. Going back to Geronimo, he's on the edge of the warning track. He makes the catch. Pinella tags the third base. He'll score easily, and we've got a tie ball game. Well, Greg Nettles, a sacrifice fly to deep center field, driving in Luke Pinella, and the game is all tied. The Yankees won, the Cincinnati Reds won. And with two outs, the batter is Elliot Maddox, the right fielder. He's 
from East Orange, New Jersey, and a right-handed hitter. First pitch to him. Fastball is swung on. Went too far. Tried to hold up. It's a strike. I assume, Bill, that Elliott has completely recovered from his uh, problems with his knee. Well, the bad right knee. He wears a brace on it. He can't run as well as he used to. Curveball. Bounce slowly toward third. Charged by Rose. Fires on the first base. He's got it. Rose moving to his left in front of Concepcion. Made the play. Yankees tied up with a run on a base hit. They leave nobody. Bottom of the second coming up. The Yankees won the Cincinnati Reds. One. There I was. Successful businessman, wonderful family, nice home, no crabgrass. But I had to work for it all. I never actually won anything until I played budget rent-a-cars. I can't wait to win sweepstakes. Then it happened. National magazines. And right now at participating budget locations, you can rent a Chevrolet Caprice or similar car for only $14.95 a day, 16 cents a mile plus gas. Be an instant winner at Budget Rent a Car. CBS is in Cincinnati, Ohio, Riverfront Stadium for the World Series, as we will be for as long as it continues. And we hope that you join us wherever you are around the world. And catching you up as we go into the bottom half of the second inning. It's all tied up. 1-1. Joe Morgan, the red second baseman, hit a home run into the right field stands in the bottom of the first. And the Yankees responded when Lou Pinella doubled the right field, advanced on an infield out to second base, and was brought home by Greg Nettle's long sacrifice fly into center field. That's been the action so far. Neither team has really had the better of the contest. Of course, the Yanks have two chances, have had two chances to the Reds' one. And as we return to the action, um, Bill White. All right, when Danny Dreesen, who was up when Perez was cut down trying to steal second base in the bottom of the first, gets the chance to start all over again, all even, with Doyle Alexander. The slow curve is too high to Dreesen. I guess the National League fans are getting their first look at the designated hitter rule. Mm-hmm. Dreesen is a DH this afternoon for the Reds. Left-handed hitter. Hits one deep to right center. Going back is River. Also Maddox. Rivers, the center fielder, calling on the edge of the warning track, and he's got it. One away. Oh, with one out, nobody on bottom of the second. That'll bring on George Foster, the left fielder. And he's had some kind of a year when Elliott batted 306 at 29 home runs. Drove at 121 runs. And a kid of quiet determination and obvious sincerity in terms of who he is as an individual and as a man. And that comes first before being a ball player. And as you've indicated, he is some ball player, too. Right-handed batter. Takes inside a ball. Foster is from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. On deck is Johnny Bench. Imagine a lineup with Johnny Bench batting seven. Alexander's 1-0 pitch to Foster. Misses low. Two balls, no strikes. There's one out, nobody on. Playing the bottom half of second inning. The score is tied. Yankees won, the Cincinnati Reds won. Here's the 2-0 to Foster. High, three balls, no strike. 
you know, Bill, for a kid who is seeking identity like George is, you know, looking for himself as a human being, I, I, I'm kind of surprised by his department around the plate where he deliberately tries to throw the pitcher off with his in and out, you know, pause and I'm not ready yet and antsy-pantsy stuff. Yes, well, you do anything you can to get a little advantage. Here's a 3-0. Fastball right in, there's 3-1. Hudson does the same kind of a thing. When he takes a lot of time getting into the batter's spot. And a 3-1 to Foster. Misses low, ball four. Oh, and one out, Foster walks. He's on at first base. During the season, he stole 17 bases in 20 attempts. And that'll bring on the youngster from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Johnny Fetch, the catcher. Fitch had an off year for Fitch, batted 234 for the Reds, hit 16 home runs and drove in 74 runs. But he got a big home run in that third game against the Phillies. Yeah, he said it reminded him of 72 when he did the same thing against Pittsburgh. I guess he'll be remembered for those two blows. Fitch to bench, get on the ground, back up the middle, stabbed by the pitcher, the second for one, back to first double play. Alexander to Randolph, back on to Chris Tamler. A 1-4-3 double play in the side is retired. No runs, no hits, nobody left. At the end of two, the score, the Yankees won, the Cincinnati Reds won. If you can see the writing on the wall, it's probably time to repaint again. Hi, Pat Summerall to suggest you use True Test Easy Care Latex Flat Enamel Paint from your Graduate Hardware Store. So the next time you see the handwriting on the wall, all you'll need to do is wipe it off. Stains, grease, and grime can't readily penetrate Easy Care's hard enamel finish, so they simply wash away, and you don't need to repaint as often. And because Easy Care has a soft finish, you can have both the flat, smooth look of a latex and the washability of a tough enamel in your living room, family room, in fact, any room. True Test Easy Care has earned the good housekeeping seal of approval, and it's available at your True Value hardware store. For a more velvety finish, you'll want True Test Satin Hue Flat Interior Latex. Satin Hue has the finest quality flat smooth finish in 48 decorator colors plus white. See the complete selection of True Test paint exclusively at your participating True Value hardware store. True Value, more than just a name, their way of doing business. I'm going to say the third round. But it's only the third inning here in the World Series where the score is tied up. Yankees won, Reds nothing. If you joined us great, late rather, we feel great that you are able to make it. And CBS hopes that you will make it for as long as this series goes. Minimum of four, maximum of seven. Right now, nobody's ahead. Through two, Joe Morgan's right field home run in the first inning. Pinella's two-base hit to right field advanced on an infield ground ball and Greg Nettles brought him home with a sacrifice fly into center field. If you just went through a, a tunnel or under a bridge where it robs you of radio reception, that's what's happened. As we get going in the third inning here at Riverfront Stadium, and the little guy from Brooklyn came by way of Pittsburgh, first rookie that I can remember in a long time, maybe if ever, who was on the All-Star squad, little Willie Randolph, Bill. All right, when Willie batted 267 for the Yankees on the year. From Brooklyn, born down in Holly Hill, South Carolina. That's right, and hit on the ground to Concepcion, the shortstop, who takes it out, flips on the first base, and there's one away. Randolph, first ball hitting, hit the ball hard, but right to Concepcion. He did, and on this turf, a few feet either way, and uh, Davey would have had a tough time corralling that ball because it was on the nose. Here's Fred Stanley, the shortstop. Stanley took over the shortstop position for the Yankees about three-quarters into the season. 
He had been splitting it with Jim Mason. That's right-handed. And he takes inside a ball. Stanley will take a lot of pitches. He'll duck under the high pitch, back off the inside pitch. He'll make Gullet draw a lot of pitches. Here's a 1-0 to Stanley. He takes it to strike. It's 1-1. One one. He reminds me of other infielders who've done it on what has been described as intangibles. I'm not taking away his fielding, but at the plate, he works on the intangibles. The 1-1 one, one pitch is a call. Strike two. First guy that comes to my mind, what, Elliot? Eddie Stank. Of course. Solly Hemus. That's right. Any number of them. I think he was the guy I had in mind. The 1-2. Strike three, a fastball that just got the outside corner. Gullet has talked up his third strike after two outs. How about Nellie Fox? So when Nellie with that bottle bat, he could put the ball almost anywhere. You know, I never saw Wee Willie Keeler. My father used to tell me about him, but Nellie's bat, you remember the, the barrel of it was almost the same at the fat end as it was at the handle. Get him on the piston, he hits the line drive someplace. Here's Mickey Rivers, struck out in the first against Gullet. 1-1 one, one to score, top of the third. Bounce over the mound, charged by Morgan, the second baseman, off-balance throw, just in time. Good play by Morgan, the put out 4-3. Yankees go three up, three down to the top of the third. Bottom of the third coming up, the score's tied. The Yankees want the Cincinnati Reds. One. Here comes the king, here comes the big number one. But why the fear the king is second to none? Just say, but why the... You said it all. Here comes the king of Bethlehem. You got to hear the call. But why the fear the one that's leading the rest? Back to Venezuela right by our side, though. First 
Pitchdoyne is outside a ball. And to Chile. And Nicaragua. And all the border countries down there in South America. The 1-0. Down low. Two balls, no strikes. Of course, we're going around the world, too. Yes. You know, I was thinking of Louis Aparicio. Pretty good shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the 2-0 to Concepcion. Fastball is in there. two and one. One out, nobody on. Bottom of the third. Yankees one. Cincinnati Reds one. Reds have a run on two hits. The Yankees run on one with one base hit. White Sox had another pretty good infielder by the name of Luke Applin. He could talk with that bat. From Arkansas. The 2-1. Line left center. Base hit. It might go through. It won't go to the wall. Concepcion around for a second for second. Round second. He'll drop the three. The ball is going to be close, Dan. He's safe. Dave Concepcion found the gap between Roy White, the Yankee left fielder, and Mickey Rivers, the center fielder. All the way to the wall. And he's on at third base with just one away. You're in the bottom half of the third inning. Just seemed to time that ball perfectly, uh, Bill. His swing was not a, a real savage cut. He just got the wood on it and hit it hard. And the Yankees now will have to bring their infield in. Concepcion at third base. One out. The game is tied. Yankees one, Reds one. Reds threatening to go ahead. Speed Rose steps in. Alexander looking in at Munson for a sign at six. Pitch the Rose. Change up is low. Throw the third, and he just gets back. We talked about Bench, and we talked about Munson. They both tried that pick off at third base. And that one was closer. Concepcion was, uh, got his foot on the bag because Nettles got him on the hand uh, almost simultaneously. That was real close. Uh, George Scherger, the red third base coach, tells Davey Concepcion to be careful down at third base. Now the set by Alexander. The one order rose. He takes high. Two balls, no strike. Yankee infield of Nettles, Stanley, Randolph, Chambliss, all shortened up for Pete Rose. Outfield swung a bit toward right side. The set again by Alexander. The two order rose. Swung on, hit in the air, center field. That'll be fired up for a run. Rivers back. He's got it. Tagging at third base and scoring easily is Dave Concepcion. And the Reds lead 2-1. to one. Pete Rose tying to Mickey Rivers in center field, scoring Dave Concepcion from third base. And the Reds now lead it 2-1. to one. Here in the bottom half of third. Two outs now in the batter's Ken Grippy, the right fielder. Griffey's been up once, lined to Roy White in left field. So he's 0 for 1. Line foul into the seats down the right side. Bill, Pete Rose's uh, fly out was no fly. That was a solid hit ball. This one was a solid hit ball by Griffey. Concepcion was a solid hit ball. All in this inning. Well, they're touching up Alexander just a bit here in the bottom half of the third inning. No ball. The strike on Ken Griffey. Yankee outfield plays into full. The infield more or less straight away. The one strike pitch. Change up is low. A ball on the strike. One ball. One strike on Ken Griffey. And a pitch. 
changeup for Lundqvist. Holding with a straight change. One ball, two strikes. Now that's Alexander's best pitch. The straight change and the curve change. You know, the four hits in the ball game so far, Bill, three of them have been for extra bases. The home run was triple and the double. Pinellas double, Concepcion's triple, and Morgan's home run. The one-two to Griffey's. The fastball that just misses inside. Two balls, two strikes. I think we're going to see a lot of extra base hits, especially here at Cincinnati's Riverfront Stadium. Ball carrying well. The 2-2 pitch. Straight change. Popped up left side. Backing up is Stanley. Now he backs off, and the third baseman, Nettles, is there. And Nettles makes the catch for out number three. The Reds pick up another run on the triple and the sacrifice fly. They had one base hit. They left nobody on base. At the end of three, the Reds two, the Yankees one. In all my life, never won a darn thing. Thought I was a born loser. Then I played budget rental cars. I can't wait to win sweepstakes. And I won. Because every licensed driver wins. Two first prizes of a new Chevrolet Caprice, all the way to terrific-looking T-shirt iron-ons. What I win? <laughs> None of your business. Expires November 30th. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. See our mail-in offer in national magazines. Rules are available at participating budget rental car locations, where GM and other fine cars are featured. World Series time means cold weather and time to start piling up that firewood. It's an easy job with a Remington gas or electric chainsaw. Lightweight, powerful, and available in assorted sizes, they'll do just about any cutting job. So after the game, drop by your nearest Remington dealer and ask him to show you one of the many value-packed Remington chainsaws. A Mighty Mike gasoline starting at $104.95 or the popular Lehman Trim Electric for as low as $29.95. Cutting wood? Think about Remington, the chainsaw in a class by itself. If we ever find out, Bill White and I will let you know what the cause of a little side like during the playing of the game. Billy Martin has talked to Gabe Paul. Gabe Paul, we understand, has talked to Commissioner Kuhn. We don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and if we ever find out, we'll let you know. Uh, but we thought we would throw that in now so that if anything develops later, why we would have been in at the beginning. Uh, when I see the commission of baseball down behind the Cincinnati Red dugout on a telephone. Of course, the Yankee officials are on the Yankee side, on the third base side. Well, we're going to the fourth inning. The Reds lead 2-1, to one, and Roy White will lead off against Don Gullett. Roy's been up once, bounced out, and he takes high a ball. Roy chopped one to the left of Rose. He's got his glove on it. Bounced over to Concepcion, and Concepcion just dipped White at first base in the first inning. The 1-0 pitch, called strike at 1-1. One one. Roy's a switch hitter. Had a good year, batted 286. Here's the 1-1 to White. Swung on foul, straight back just under him. A ball and two strikes. The Reds have two runs on three hits. The Yankees one run on one base hit. Playing the fourth inning. Roy White leading off against Don Gullett. Here's the wind and the one-two pitch. Fastball misses inside. Two balls, two strikes. Gullett gets his sign from pitch and the two-two pitch. Low. Three balls, two strikes. Joe Morgan got the Reds off with his home run in the first inning with two outs, nobody on. 
Yankees got a run back in the second. A leadoff double by Pinella. He went to third on a bounce out by Chambliss. He scored on a sacrifice fly by Nettles. Reds right back in the bottom of the third. Triple by Concepcion. A sacrifice fly by Rose. Well, the Reds had a fairly easy time getting into the World Series. They beat the Phillies three in a row. Yankees were extended all five games by the Kansas City Royals. Hey, Bill White, you were covering the Yankee-Kansas City games. The Phillies had the lead in every single one of those games. And Foster and Bench had to hit those home. Line rolls the third baseman up, but he makes the grab. White hit the ball hard right to beat Rose, and there's one away. Don't you like the way I stop? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no, we, while you were busy with the Yankees and the Kansas City Royals, that last game, well, of course, the two last games in the playoffs were just fantastic. Foster comes up in the ninth inning, hits a home run. Bench ties it with a home run. They load the bases. And then that number dribbler by Concepcion wins the game. And then you guys with Shambliss in the last half of the ninth inning and that questionable play in the top of the ninth inning. You, know, you mean the play at second? The, the play at second. Nobody argued that play. Not even Al Collins. We'll take that up later. Okay. <laughs> Here's their button. Curveball hits down the right side and foul back in the seats. One out, nobody on here in the fourth inning. The Reds two, the Yankees one. Munson has been up once and Gunnett struck him out with a good tailing fastball. Hey, the Royals showed a lot of moxie in that series. Well, I think they showed good judgment, too, and not complaining about that play. There had been the unpleasantness with the pop bottles, et cetera, et cetera, just prior to that, you know. The one-strike pitch is it in the air to the right side. Coming on is Griffey. Still coming. He's there now, and he's got it. And they're two out. So the Royals played that series without the guy who might be their best all-around player, Amos Otis. They played it without their best pitcher, Budfield, whom they had lost all year long. And they extended the Yankees to uh, five full games before losing. I think both teams would be very proud of the show they put on for the fans. So there's two outs, nobody on here in the fourth. The batter, Lupinella, who doubled and scored in the second. And getting back to that play at second, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a pitch to Pinella. It's a call strike. The Kansas City theme song, Bill, was Mr. Otis Regrets. <laughs> Do you remember that, Bill? Yes. Here's a one-strike pitch. Curveball is outside. One ball, one strike. Two outs, nobody on. Fourth inning. split right field duties with Oscar Gamble during the year. And he also was a DH. Has got a likes to sign. The 1-1 pitch. Fastball sliced foul right side. One ball, two strike. I don't know how Pinella got that over to the right side. It was in high and tight. And that kind of pitch I can remember seeing over my right shoulder out of the right corner of my eye. And I had missed it again. One-two. Swung on. Foul straight back. Well, Lupinella, he'll take the ball inside. Alvin Dark used to do that well. An inside-out swing. The ball would be inside, but somehow he'd pull his hands in, get the head of the bat out, and slice that ball to the opposite field. I can understand that, but not when it's high. You can't do that when it's high. One-and-two on Pinella. Two outs. And the pitch. Bounce foul again. Back to the screen. Pinella hanging in. And Gullett gets new baseball. He'll work on it. Stealing on deck is Chris Chambliss. Reds two, 
one. Worth any. Bellett still reading signs from bench. Now he rocks. Hits and deals. Bounce to first base. Right there is Perez. He'll take it himself. Side retired. An easy inning for Don Gullett. Three up, three down. Bottom of the fourth coming up. The score. The Reds two. The Yankees one. You can get shock absorbers almost anywhere these days and good ones. But when you think you need shocks, what you really need is a shock specialist to make sure you get the right shocks for your car and the way you drive. At Midas, you get a shock specialist. Who else can you trust to tell you whether you really need shocks at all? Who else can choose from five different kinds of heavy-duty shocks for your car? Who else can install those shocks in 30 minutes or less? Come to Midas. We're shock specialists. We have to do a better job. At the Opal Isuzu Information Center of America, pandemonium reigns as thousands of people try to find out what one is. Hello, Opal Isuzu Information Center. Uh, yeah, say, I think I've got an Opal Isuzu. Good for you, sir. Can you describe it? Well, it's, uh, it's about four feet high, brown, tan hair on its neck. It's got cute little eyes. Uh, sir, I believe that's a Shetland pony. Oh, yeah! I can see that now. See the little hoofs? Opal Isuzu, a great new little car at your Buick Opal dealers. Back of Riverfront Stadium, we're approaching the latter half of the fourth inning with the Cincinnati Reds holding a 2-1 lead. Don Gullett has just had command of this game since Lou Piniella opened the second inning with the double. The next nine Yankees have gone down in order. He's retired 12 out of the first 13 he's faced. And now here's the guy that gave the Reds their first run. Mr. Do-It-Every-Way and Do-It-All. The chunky little left-hander with the twinkling eyes and the high voice. Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, who homered to give the Reds a 1-0 lead in the first off Alexander. Reds lead it 2-1. Bottom of the fourth. Here's the first pitch to Morgan. Change up this time is low. I don't think Alexander's going to try to sneak that fastball by Morgan again. Yankees play Joe to pull, both in the infield and the outfield. Fastball is fouled straight back. Got it away that time, put a little dip on it. It's a ball on a strike. Outfield way around toward the right side for Morgan. Alexander's 1 1 pitch. Change up is high. Two balls on a strike. Morgan had 151 hits on the year for the Reds. 30 doubles, 27 home runs, 111 runs batted in, and 60 stolen bases. And he takes high 3-1. And, and that's the first home run Joe has ever hit in postseason play. And he hadn't done well in the uh, league playoff, that is, as far as his hitting was concerned. 3-1 pitch to him. Fastball pop foul. That'll be back out of play. No chance for much. And it's three balls, two strikes. Count is full on Morgan. Joe, I mean, uh, Bill, like, again, you didn't see the battle between Jim Cott and Joe Morgan. You know, Cott, the quick pitcher. Yes. Joe Morgan, who liked to flap that left arm and get set. Cott wouldn't let him flap. Here's a payoff pitch to Morgan. Fastball hit in the air, left center. After his white, he's got a long run. Still going. He's there now, and he's got it. And white ended all, up almost in straightaway center field. And there's one away. For a little guy, he's got such power. He just reached out with that pitch and went with it uh, and smacked it into left center field. A real good hit when you consider that he was uh, more or less reaching for the ball. Ball's carrying well here this afternoon. Here's Tony Perez, the first baseman. Slow curve is a strike. 
Perez single to center back in the first. He was cut down trying to steal second base. Chambliss was playing behind him. As the 0-1 pitch comes on, change up again. Foul straight back. No balls, two strikes on Perez. One out, nobody on. Bottom half the fourth inning. The Reds lead the Yankees 2-1. to one. Alexander doesn't like the first sign for Munson. Now the pitch. This is outside. One and two. The big good-natured giant of the Cincinnati Reds. Tony Perez. Overlooked. Quite a bit. Bench, Morgan, Rose. Change up, chop. Past the third baseman down the left field line. Perez around first, digging for second. He'll make it there standing as White Stroll will come into third base. So let's pause now. Ten seconds for station identification. This is the CBS Radio Network. WBBM Chicago News Radio 78, 1 o'clock, 48 degrees. The wind northwest 12 miles an hour. Perez, two for two, a single and a double. He's down at second base. There's one out, and the batter is Dan Dreesen. And the Yankees now are going to get some action in their bullpen. Dick Tidrow goes down, a right-hander. Elrod Hendricks goes out there. There's the first pitch now to Dreesen. Change up, call strike. The bullpen, the Yankee bullpen, down the Yankee left field foul line. The red bullpen down the right field foul line. Here's a one-strike pitch. Fastball swung on a miss. No balls, two strikes on Dreesen. Danny's been up once. That was in the second inning. He flies to center field, so he's 0 for 1. Tony Perez down at second base. One man out. Alexander sets and deals. Straight change is low, a ball and two strikes. They play Dreesen to pull. White way over in left center, Rivers in right center, Maddox deep in the corner and right, as Alexander checks Perez at second, the one-two pitch, hit in the air, left center, White's right there, to his left just a bit, he's got it, there are two outs, and Perez goes back to second base. That'll bring on George Foster, the left fielder for the Reds. Alexander walked Foster back in the second inning, so he hasn't been bad officially yet. hit 29 home runs for the Reds, drove in 120 runs, one run during the regular season. Right-handed batter, so the Yankees will straighten up in the outfield. As Tidrow continues to throw in the Yankee bullpen down the left field foul line. Now Alexander sets, and a pitch, below a ball. As I recall in the series against the Phils, uh, Bill, George Foster's contribution was two hits, and both of them into the left field stands. Both of them big hits for the Phillies for the Reds against the Phillies. Alexander wants another sign for Munson. Now he sets. And the 1-0. Breaking ball misses outside. Two balls, no strikes. Actually, the Reds had a fairly easy time. They beat the Phillies 6-3 in Philadelphia in the first game. They beat them 6-2 in Philadelphia in the second game. And the third and final game played here at Riverfront Stadium. The home runs by Bench and Foster. And the Reds won it 7-6. Here's the 2-0 to Foster. He takes outside. Three balls, no strikes. On deck is Johnny Bench. Doyle Alexander pitching carefully to George Foster. With 
the Reds leading 2-1, to one, playing the bottom of the fourth. Tony Perez, who doubled, is down at second. There are two outs. Now Alexander sets. And a 3-0 pitch. Swung on, bounced slowly toward third. Neto's charging. He's out. Hit the room. The runner interfered with Neto, so Perez is automatically out. I don't know if, there, if, the, uh, if Perez hit that ball. Of course, if he hit the ball, the runner, Foster, would give, be given a single. And we'll give you that when we come back. But right now, at the end of four, the Reds two, the Yankees one. Every mile you drive with an inefficient, dirty carburetor can cost you money. New Bardo fuel system treatment can help clean up your dirty carburetor. There's more to the story than that. Listen. Sounds awful, right? Intake valve deposits may be causing loss of power and even damaged valves. Bardo fuel system treatment helps prevent intake valve deposit buildup. It may save you a trip to the repair shop. Winter weather can lead to an iced-up carburetor and cause your car to stall. Barno fuel system treatment can help prevent carburetor icing and could save you from a walk in the cold. Here's the best part. Barno fuel system treatment is safe for use with catalytic converters. And when you buy three cans of new fuel system treatment, we'll give you a dollar cash refund. Pick up an official coupon at a participating retailer. Supply proof of purchase, and Bardo will mail you your dollar. Bardo. Run with us. Uh, let's look at that play, uh, the last play that ended uh, the fourth inning. That ball was hit to third. Nettles was getting ready to catch the ball when Tony Perez ran into the ball. So with the ball hitting Perez, he's automatically up. Nettles will get the put out because he was the closest Yankee fielder to the play. And George Foster will get a base hit. That's a fine art of deceiving a fielder by attempting to shadow or uh, to conceal the ball when you're running against it. Now, I don't remember 1924, but I just did the special last night, uh, Bill, and uh, Muddy Rule did that to Travis Jackson in 1924, uh, forced him to miss up a grounder by Walter Johnson. The next blotter uh, won the game for the Senators. All right, here's Chris Chambliss. Line base in left field. Chambliss jumps on the first pitch from Don Gullett and singles a left. That's only the second base hit in this ball game for the Yankees. So Chambliss on at first with a leadoff single here in the top of the fifth. The Reds leading by a score of 2-1. to one. That was Chris's 12th hit in the postseason play. The 11 with you in the series against Kansas City and now this one. Uh, 11 in that uh, championship series set a new championship series record. So Chambliss on at first. Nobody out here is Greg Nettles. Pitch to him. Bounce towards second. Morgan has it. To Concepcion for one. Back to first double play. The Reds turn a quick four, six to three double play, and quickly they're two outs. You know when Elliott they talk about the Reds' power, talk about the Reds' speed, but good teams win it with defense. Well, these are both all-around teams, Bill, as we've been saying. Not only do they have the power, not only do they have the speed, but, of course, the speed uh, is the fundamental the beginning of, of defense. The outfielders can run around there like it was in the Olympics. Morgan at second took that ball, turned around on a whirl like Willie Mays did out there in right field. Uh, these clubs are here because they are so good in every single department. If I'd fall him anywhere, Bill, it would be pitching. Pitching might be a little bit short, especially with the Reds. Maybe that's only because Mark Anderson has a quick hook. Elliot Maddox takes a strike. Two outs, nobody on. Fifth inning, Reds two, Yankees one. 
Maddox has been up once against Gullet. He bounced to Rose at third base, so he's 0 for 1. The 0-1 to Maddox. Fastball is in the dirt, blocked by Bench. Kicks off Bench. Lee Wire, the home plate umpire, picks it up and flips it back to Gullet. The counter ball and a strike on Maddox. I think that ball skidded off Johnny's bare right hand. He's doing the best to be uh, manly about it, but I think he took it. Might have touched him up a little bit, huh? Here's a 1-1. Fastball chopped just inside the third baseline. Base it, it'll go in the corner. Maddox around first, digging for second. He'll make it there. That ball kicks and pops out the left field. Now Elliott's trying for three. The throw there is cut off by Concepcion. So Maddox diving into third base with a triple. Elliott hit that ball just inside the third base bag. The left fielder Foster thought it would go in the corner, but it hit the wall and bounced out. Foster was caught in the corner. He had to come back out. And by the time he got to that ball, Maddox was sliding into third base. And Gullett, who'd been mowing him down nine in a row, has been touched for two hits in this inning. Of course, Shambliss' wrong field single and that double play, which is so important. They should have put a wooded department. <laughs> you know, when you're rooting for a club, which I'm not, but when you're rooting for a club, you always think that. Oh, if they'd only, you know. Yes, if they'd only not done this, or they, if they only had done this. Oh, Maddox on at third. Two outs. Here's Willie Randolph. Willie takes a strike. Randolph has been up once. Hit the ball hard uh, right to Concepcion, who dug it out and threw him out. So Randolph is 0 for 1. The one-strike pitch, outside. One ball, one strike. The Reds have two runs on five base hits. The Yankees, one run on three. We're playing the top half of fifth inning. Elliott Maddox, third base with two outs. The 1-1 pitch, outside. Two balls and a strike. I think Gullett wanted that one. Rose. Close in at third base. Here's a 2-1 to Randolph. Swung on it in the air center field. Going back, Geronimo still going. Near the warning track. He puts it away for out number three. Randolph has hit the ball hard twice. And he's 0 for 2. The Yankees, no runs on two hits. They leave a man. Bottom of the fifth coming up. The Reds lead the Yankees 2-1. to one. Now you can have a phone in just about every room without waiting or paying for installation. Hi, Pat Summerall to tell you how. True Value Hardware Stores offer phone extension cords, jacks, and plugs from Pacific Electric Cord. Attach them to your phone and walls, and you can carry the phone from room to room for greater privacy and for greater convenience. It's almost like having a phone in every room. True Value Hardware Stores offer plugs that fit any standard phone and jacks you can mount on a wall and attach to incoming lines. Get several so you can use your phone in many different rooms. You'll also find 25-foot Pacific Electric Cord phone extension cords. Choose the wire-in type or the plug-in type for jack outlets. Enjoy the luxury of having a phone in every room. Get Pacific Electric Cord jacks, plugs, and extension cords at participating True Value Hardware Stores. And remember... True value. That's more than just a name. It's their way of doing business. And by the way, tell them Pat Summerall sent you. Well, now having gotten in my 10% worth, I want to remind you that game tomorrow night is at 8.15 Eastern Daylight Time. Where? Right here on this CBS radio station. 
we're going into the last half of the fifth inning and the Reds, by virtue of a Joe Morgan home run, a Concepcion triple and a fly ball to the outfield hold the lead 2-1 as Doyle Alexander starts into toil for the Yankees again. And the batter, the Reds catcher Johnny Bench. All right, when Bench has been up once, bounced into a double play started by Alexander. That was back in the second inning. Johnny takes the curveball. It's low. Bench had 16 home runs during the season for the Reds. Fastball is fouled straight back. It's out of play. One ball, one strike. Always wonder just how good this player, uh, Bench, would be if he hadn't been cut down by injury so often in his career. Here's the 1-1. Best ball is high, two and one. Classic case in that direction, too, Bill, was uh, Mickey Mantle. Yes, Mickey was always injured. Pete Reeser. Well, uh, Reeser got hurt. These fellows have their injuries endemic to themselves. High, three balls and a strike. He just couldn't stay away from fences. I mean, the wooden kind yes. that were in outfield. He kept running into them. Rico Cardi, the same kind of a That's right. player. That's right, yeah. Three balls and a strike on bench leading off against Doyle Alexander here in the fifth inning. The Reds have a two-to-one lead. The pitch swung on a miss. The pitch went after a high fastball and swung through. Three balls, two strikes. Don Gullett has had his physical problems. And as you mentioned before, the Kansas City Royals would have been a lot better off with Jim Busby. Great new pitch. Swung on, foul straight back. Good boy, Bill White. Thought we catch him. I want you to know that Bill White just stood up and like he wasn't you you won the Golden Glove first base about seven times. Good <laughs> business. Here's the payoff pitch. Swung on right center field. That's gonna be a base hit in front of River. And Johnny Bench will hold it first base. So Johnny Bench got a three-two fastball and ripped it to center field for a leadoff single here in the fifth inning. Bench on at first. Nobody out. That'll bring on Cesar Geronimo, the center fielder. And I want you to know that William Dacoma White doesn't hesitate for a moment. I had sort of faded out of the way uh, by instinct, as it were. And Mr. White, who was a left-hander, as it was, got up, put that left hand out, and Dougie, you have a ball. All right. Cesar Geronimo has been out once, popped to third. Alexander sets the deal. The fastball, that's low. That was the uh, sixth base hit for the Cincinnati Reds. And the first time in World Series history that I know of that a baseball broadcaster caught a foul ball during the game. Here's the set now by Alexander. And the 1-0 pitch. Change up is inside. Two balls, no strikes. Grant Jackson, the left-hander, gets up and starts loosening up for the Yankees. Sidro had been up earlier. Now it's Jackson. Johnny Bench on at first. Nobody out. The Reds lead 2-1, to one, playing the bottom half of the fifth inning. As Alexander sets. Checks the runner. And the pitch. Swung on it on the ground to second. Randolph. Stanley for one. Back to first. Another double play. The Yankees turn a 4-6-3 twin killing. And they're two outs. On the second double play. The Yankees have turned over. The Reds have turned one. Yeah, that returns in kind what the Reds did in the last inning to wipe out Shambliss. Uh, just in time, or the Yankees would have had a run. So now there's a 
There's nobody on with two outs. The batter's Dave Concepcion, the shortstop. He tripled to left center field back in the third inning and scored on a sacrifice fly by Pete Rhodes. And Concepcion takes the strike. Davey Concepcion. Batted 281 for the Reds during the regular season. Curve ball is outside. It's one and one. Concepcion had squared to bunt and took it. That got Nettles in quickly a couple of steps from third base. Not too easy to bunt on this surface. Here's a 1-1 to Concepcion. Fastball hit on the ground. A shortstop. Stanley's there. Picks it up. Flips on the first base. They just nip him at first base. The put out 6-3. No runs ahead. Yankees turned a double play and nobody was left on base. At the end of five, you're at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. The Reds do. The Yankees won. They loved you when you bought your little foreign car. But when you brought it back for a new muffler. Hi, Hugo. Yeah. Ah. What is it, please? Uh, looking good. Uh, say, I, I need a, uh, a new muffler on my car. A muffler chop? A muffler chop? Yeah? Look, we got a lot of important work Yeah, here. but, uh, gee, uh, Hugo, uh, I bought my car here. We sold you a car? Yeah, if you could just, uh... Ah, maybe we could squeeze you in. I don't know. Let me consult my appointment schedule. Ah, there's a possible opening on the 5th. Oh, great. Of January. January? Yeah. Take it or leave it. Well, uh, I'll... All right, forget I'll it. take it. Foreign car drivers, you don't have to take it anymore. Now Midas gives foreign cars the same kind of service we've been giving American cars for 20 years. You're usually in and out in 30 minutes because we keep our foreign car parts in stock and don't require an appointment. Foreign car drivers, finally somebody speaks your language. Come to Midas. We're foreign car specialists. We have to do a better job. Be a World Series expert by knowing the history and events that make it America's top sports attraction. It's all inside the official 1976 World Series program, the one that sold it the series. You get the full rundowns on the divisional winners. It's selected newsstands, or you can send a check or money order for $250 to World Series program, Post Office Box 666, San Francisco, CA 94101. Of course, CA is California. That World Series program, Box 666, San Francisco, California, 94101. The preceding brought to you on behalf of Major League Baseball. On behalf of the CBS Radio Network, Bill White. All right, Win Elliott, and Fred Stanley will lead off against Don Gullett. We're playing the top of the sixth. The Reds lead 2-1. to one. Gullett's fastball is high. Stanley struck out in the third. Oh, he's 0-1. It'll be Stanley Rivers, Roy White against Gullett. The 1-0 pitch. In there, a call strike. It's 1-1. One one. We mentioned the first time up Stanley takes a lot of pitches. Chokes up on the bat. Not known for his stick work. Good glove man. Here's the 1-1. High. Two balls and a strike. Got off to a one-nothing lead in the first on a home run by Joel Morgan. The Yankees tied it up in the second. A double by Pinella went to third on a bounce out, scored on a sacrifice fly. Reds went ahead two to one in the third. A triple by Dave Concepcion with one out and a sacrifice fly by Pete Rhodes. So it's two-one Reds. Two-one pitch to Stanley is low ball three, three and one. And to complete that recap, uh, Bill, the Reds have out hit the Yankees six-three. And for the sake of trivia, the Yankees have had both Tidrow and Jackson warming up. 3-1 pitch to Stanley. has taken a call strike, and the count is full. Three balls, two strikes. Both teams 
one, Elliot, playing flawless baseball in the field. Good defense. Payoff pitch. High ball four, and Stanley walks. Oh, that's the first pass issued by Don Gullett. Mm-hmm. He's walked one now, struck out three. As it so often happens, uh, he has walked a man he presumably has least to fear from. You know, Stanley had a pretty good series against the Kansas City Royals. I believe the Royals spent so much time worrying about Munson and Nettles and Chambliss and White and Rivers that he forgot about Stanley. Mm-hmm. And he had an excellent series. So Fred's at first base. Nobody out here is Mickey Rivers. It was struck out and bounced out. Left-handed batter. And the pitch to Rivers. He butts right back to the mound. Going to second base, and they've got him there. Good place by Gullett. Ball was put in just to the left of the first base side of the mound. Gullett bounced in and threw a strike down in Concepcion. Good play by Don Gullett. The put out. One to six. Now Rivers on at first base. Of course, he can run. There's one out, and the batter's Roy White. Rivers, by the way, stole 43 bases for the Yankees during the season. Now comes the confrontation that the people have been waiting for, I think, in a sense, with Rivers on first facing the pitcher. Gullet. And the quick bounces off first. Gullet sets and deals. And he misses outside. Reds lead two to one. Yankees. With Rivers at first base. And one out. See if Martin will start trying to play a little aggressive baseball here in the sixth inning. Gullet now sets. And a pitch. White takes the strike. It's one and one. Bill, both managers uh, pre-the playoffs went right to the commissioner and the presidents of each league about the new balk rules and pointing out that the other guy's pitchers, you know, were Not adapted. Pitchers. Yeah. Their pitchers. Yeah, that's right. To, to, to unsettle them. And I, I'm, I'm watching now to see whether any of it has any effect on a gullet. Well, got it setting now and looking over first base. The pitch to White. Hot. Two balls and a strike. One out, one on. We're playing the sixth inning. The Reds lead two to one. The whole deal, Bill, is you're supposed to step in the direction of the base you're going to throw to before you throw it. Well, left-handers always step toward home, throw the first, then step toward first. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in the springtime, they bring out those white lines and yeah. they call everything, but then once the season starts, they take those white lines up and those left-handers start balking again. Jerry Kuzman used to have a fantastic move. Now the set by Gullet. The 2 1 pitch rivers are going is high. Throw down a second. They're going to have him. Go Morgan. Puts the tag on Mickey Rivers. And he is top stealing the put out. 2 to 4. And they're 2 away. The pitch to White was high. Perfect pitch for Bench to throw down in second base. He just got there, threw overhand, a perfect strike to Joe Morgan, and Morgan slapped a tag on Rivers. Oh, there are two outs now. Nobody on. The count on White, three and one. And the three-one pitch. Ball strike two. Three balls, two strikes. If they needed it, that's going to make the Reds feel pretty good. And the 3-2 pitch. Swung on line to left center. After it in the center field of Geronimo. He's there and he's got the ball. Right around first base, digging for second. 
and he's there standing up. Geronimo thought he had that ball in his glove. It came out, and I think White also thought the ball was tough because he stopped at first base. Then he shifted gears and went on to second base, and Geronimo will be given a two-base error. Bill, the ball was fading to the right, and he was running at full tilt to the left, and as he got to the ball, shoulder high, it just hit off the thumb of his glove. He was running away from it, and... Uh, I almost anticipated he would drop it. His glove sort of turned around. Well, that's the first error of the ball game and a key one. Because White now is down in scoring position. He's potentially the tying run with two outs. And the Yankees' top RBI man, third Munson, the batter. Gullett struck Munson out in the first and got him to fly to right field in the fourth. So Thurman's 0 for 2. Gullett has given up just three base hits. And the lefty sets. Checks White off second. Pitch to Munson. Swung on line. Base hit right field. They're going to have a play. The throw home and they hold White at third base. Ball was hit hard. A one hopper to right fielder. Ken Griffey and he threw the whole plate and they held White at third. Well, the Yankees now runners at first and third with two outs. And the batter's Lou Pinella. I tell you, the third base coach Dick Hauser did the right thing there, Went Elliott. Mm -hmm. He'd have been dead. The throw was about 10 feet up on uh, third base, but I think uh, Johnny Bench uh, would have been right in line, right on the line, straddling the line, and he would have been in the way. He would have, he would have stopped White. Oh, Munson on at first. White on at third. Two men out. And uh, Lou Pinella's a batter. Pinella has doubled, and he's bounced to first. And the Reds have got the bullpen pretty active now for the first time. Up there is Will McEnany. Vanilla lines one down the right field line. If it's fair, it's going to be trouble. And it's a foul ball. Just missed the line down there. Goes back in that corner when Elliott, and that's about the only place we can't see here in this ballpark. But we have to uh, look at the right field uh, guy umpiring down that right field line, Dave Phillips. And he gave us the off signal there that it was offline. Uh, I can't see down in the corner either. It was just beyond where the Reds are warming up. McEnany and Pedro Borbon are both warming up. McEnany, the left-hander. Borbon, the right-hander. We have Yankees on first and third. Two outs. Top of the sixth. The Reds lead two to one, Bill. And the count, no balls and a strike on Pinella. Gullett now sets. Checks the runners. And the one-strike pitch. Line in the center field. Morgan backing up. He's got Joe Morgan, a little humpback liner out behind second base. Made the catch, and the side is retired. No runs, one hit, one error, and uh, two men left on base. We're going to the bottom of the sixth. The Reds two, the Yankees one. Once in a while you find someone who knows what to do. And that's someone you can talk to. Once in a while you find someone who cares about you Someone you can talk to Life and health insurance that puts your individual needs first. Talk to your life underwriter. Get advice, personal service, and that special expertise in making the future secure. Your life underwriter. Only a phone call away. We all need someone to talk to once in a while. Someone to tell our dreams to help make those dreams come true. Your life underwriter wants to see you smile. 
Association of Life Underwriters. Through five and a half at Riverside Stadium here, it's the Reds two to one over the Yankees, and that was a real heartbreaking inning for the Yankees. They started off with a walk to Stanley, then a sacrifice bunt by Rivers was snuffed out by Gullett, who caught Stanley at second base. Rivers tried to steal, and he was out. Then an error in center field put White on second base. A single by Munson sharply to right field couldn't bring him in. And then that dying quail over center that Morgan got to, and there were no runs, Bill. All right, well, here's Pete Rose against Doyle Alexander, bottom of the sixth. Rose takes the bunt. Ball down low and bounced back uh, past Munson all the way back to the screen. Speed got the bat back. One ball and no strikes. Rose is fly to center field, and he drove in a run with a sacrifice fly to center field. So he's 0 for 1 with a run batted in. Alexander's 1-0 pitch. Best ball is taken. A call strike on the outside corner. It's 1-1. One one. For the top of the Reds' batting order, Pete Rose, Ken Griffey, Joe Morgan. The 1-1 pitch, change up, low, two balls and a strike. The Reds have two runs on six hits, the Yankees one run on four. Here's a 2-1 to Pete Rose, swung on and fouled off left side, that'll be back out of play. They count two balls, two strikes. To be fair to Alexander, one of the Reds' hits was uh, one of those technical hits, Foster hit a ground ball that actually hit Perez and of the rules of baseball it becomes hit but it was a routine ground ball Alexander now has a new baseball he rocks kicks and deals a 2-2 pitch straight change is low three balls two strikes just about the time uh, when Elliot that they begin to get to Doyle Alexander payoff pitch low ball four Almost Second pass issued by Alexander. Pete Rose at first base. No outs. And the batter, the right fielder, Ken Griffey. Griffey has lines to white and left. He's popped to Nettles at third. Nettles now closes in at third base. He's looking for a bunt. And Grant, Grant Jackson is on his feet in the dugout. Yep, he's getting his jacket. He'll be going out there. Chambliss holding on Rose at first. Pitch to Griffey, a changeup, bounces short. Stanley, Randolph went back to first, will not be in time, and it gets past Campbell, but it doesn't go too far. Ball was not hit hard enough to complete the double play, but they did get the force at second on Pete Rose, six to four. Randolph tried to complete the double play anyway, threw it low, but Griffey, he's running down to first base watching the play. He's got good speed, so he beat it out at first. He's there, one out, batter Joe Morgan. now wants to exchange baseballs and Lee Wire of the National League clips him another one. As Joe Morgan steps in, Morgan homered with two outs, nobody on in the first. He flies to left center in the fourth. So he's one for two. Little Joe from Bonham, Texas. Here's a pitch to Morgan. Change up is inside. Once again, the Yankees swing that outfield way around toward the right side. They give Morgan a lot of room out in left field. It's a ball that way. He can run all day long. Griffey off first. He's checked. The 1-0 pitch. Called strike. Letter high fastball. It's 1-1. One one. 
Rivers of the Yankee tried bench. Bench got him. Uh, the Reds have not tried to run on uh, Munson yet. They tried once with Perez. In that first inning, that right. was playing behind him, and Munson cut him down. Of course, Perez doesn't have that speed anymore. And he was trying to sneak on the second base, but they got him. Throw the first base, and Griffey's back. Griffey stole 34 bases for the Reds during the regular season, so he can run. As Alexander sets. Here's a 1-1 pitch. High. Two balls and a strike. A lot of managers win do not like uh, for that guy to run off first with Morgan batting. They want to keep that first baseman holding the runner on. Give Morgan a little more room to pull that ball. And as of now, I don't think Griffey is... Now he's edging off a little further than he had been before. Throw the first base and he gets back. I wonder if those walkie-talkies are up here. Did Alexander hear it? <laughs> Here's a set now. Another throw to first base, and Griffey's back again. Bill, are the Yankees using the walkie-talkies that you know of? I believe they are. They use them only to place the outfielders and place the infielders. As Alexander set. And the pitch. Ball strike. A fastball on the outside corner. It's 2-2. Two two. Maybe we better explain, Bill, in case the folks hadn't heard that the Yankees do wa use walkie-talkies up in the press box, presumably to talk to the manager down in the dugout who thereupon wigwags like Connie Mack used to and places his outfielders for defensive purposes. Quote, unquote. Here's a throw to the first base and Griffey gets back. Of course, the Kansas City Royals caught the Oakland Athletics using the same equipment in the bullpen and they weren't wigwagging the outfielders. And back again to first base and Griffey. Of course, uh, they had some binoculars. There was Raleigh Finn. Kansas City, but I don't I don't think you can steal uh, science from where that uh, visiting pool pit is in Kansas City. They were looking at something else. <laughs> now Alexander backs off. One out. Griffey off first. Two two pitch. Change is high. Three balls, two strikes on Morgan. Reds lead two to one. Bottom half the sixth inning. Now Morgan backs out, looks down at his third base coach, George Scherter. Let's see if they'll move Griffey on this 3-2 pitch. He bounces off first. Now takes the half step. Now another half step. And he's going. The pitch is swung on and missed. Throw down a second. Skips up and is bobbled by the shortstop. Stanley and Griffey safe at second base. Morgan strikes out for the second out. He'll give Griffey a stolen base. Down at second. Munson got rid of that ball quickly. It tailed down a bit. Stanley got in front of it, made, made sure it would not go through him, but Griffey slid in safely at second base. And if I may, I did notice that that particular throw by Munson was a sidearm throw. The first one where he got Perez, that you uh, reminded us of, was an overarm. Well, yes. When Munson throws that ball sidearm, uh, when Elliott, the ball tends to dip and go into the dirt. If he gets it up, it'll sail in the center field. Oh, Griffey now down at second. Two outs, and here's Tony Perez, the first baseman. Line face in left field. Griffey around third. He's going to score easily. And the Reds now lead it 3-1. Tony Perez jumping on the first pitch of Joel Alexander. And sailing in the hole between uh, Greg Meadows, the third baseman, and Fred Stein, the shortstop. And Perez is now 3-3. Three three, and the Cincinnati Reds lead it 3-1. And the pressure baseball of getting the man in the scoring position. Griffey stealing second. Put him in a position to score on that base hit. And once again, the Yankee bullpen uh, gets up. Sparky Lyle, the left-hander, and Dick Kidrow, the right-hander. 
as Andreessen steps in. And the Cincinnati Reds lead 3-1. And the pressure baseball of getting the man in the scoring position. Griffey stealing second. Put him in a position to score on that base hit. And once again, the Yankee bullpen uh, gets up. Sparky Lyle, the left-hander, and Dick Kidrow, the right-hander. As Dan Dreesen steps in. Pitch to him. Change-up is a call strike on the outside corner. Dreesen is over two against Doyle Alexander. He's fly to center field, fly to left. Alexander sets. Here's a one-strike pitch. Another change-up. Popped up. Third base side. Foul territory. Munson over there. And he's got it. Third Munson, the catcher, made the catch in foul ground. Reds pick up another run. On just one base hit, they leave a man on base. And at the end of six here at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, the score, the Reds three, the Yankees one. This is Phoebe Reese talking. You know, they say the records are there to be broken in baseball. And brother, they've sure broken some records since I played shortstop for the old Brooklyn Dodgers of the 1956 World Series. But let me tell you about the record breaker of the year, Levi Garrett Chewing Tobacco. Now there's a name people knew and trusted before baseball was even invented. Well now, the Levi Garrett people have come out with a fresh new chewing tobacco flavor that lives up to their proud tradition of quality and good taste. And talk about breaking records. People all over this country are making Levi Garrett the fastest growing brand of loose leaf chewing tobacco. Just taste that fresh new flavor and you'll know why. Look for Levi Garrett in the gold pouch with the picture of the original factory building on it. Fresh new flavor from a name you can trust. You know it's got to taste good. It's got the Levi Garrett name. Levi Garrett chewing tobacco. Elliott with Bill White back at Riverside Stadium in Cincinnati as the Cincinnatians chalk up their third run of the game in the last half of the sixth inning. Not a big batting display by the world's champions, but they they can make so many things work for them in this game of baseball. The first man up, Rose, gets a walk. He is snuffed out on a fielder's choice. Griffey on first, a speed ball. Steal second as Morgan strikes out, and then the single to left cashiers the run. And that's how they do it. It won't be heard around the world, but on the scoreboard, it counts as a run. And they're ahead 3-1, to one, win. Top of the seventh as Chris Chambliss gets ready to step in against Don Gullett. Chambliss has grounded the second, and he's single to left. He's one for two. Here's Gullett's first pitch. Swung on and missed. Now we're seeing something down there that will be important in the late innings when Elliott, that shadow is yep. just around home plate. That ball is going to get hard to see in another 10 or 15 minutes. The one-strike pitch is a call, strike two, a fastball. Drilled right in there by Gully. Pitcher throwing out of the sunshine into the shadows. Tough for the batter to pick the ball up. Two-strike pitch. Hits him. Chambliss couldn't get out of the way. He spun around and got hit on the shoulder. So he's on at first base. That ball got away from Gully. He had with a head and a count. No balls, two strikes. Trying to pitch Chambliss up and in. Chris couldn't get out of the way of the ball. He's down at first base. With nobody out, and the batter's Greg Nettles, the third baseman. Nettles drove in the first run for the Yankees back in the second inning, and the only run the Yankees have scored with a sacrifice fly. Routed into a double play in the fifth. So he's 0 for 1. Nettles is a left-handed batter. Gullet, the left-hander, sets. And the pitch. High, 
Perez is playing behind Chambliss. Now uh, the Royals did that. And Chambliss stole a base. In fact, uh, he led everybody in that American League Championship Series and stole the bases with two during the playoffs. I was about to say, Big Chris had a better lead than anybody I've seen in the, in the game so far. At least a, a two-step lead over, say, what Rivers had had. The 1-0 pitch swung on and bounced away towards second. Morgan tags the runner, throws the first double play. Morgan tagged Chambers as he went by and flipped on the first page for the double play. Now Chris missed an opportunity to sort of hit Morgan and keep him from throwing that ball at first base as he ran on the inside toward the mound. Morgan tagged him, then threw on the first base. I think the base runner there has either got to flatten that second base or just stay there and keep bumping it. He cannot let him throw that ball to first base. So there are two outs. Once again, Pedro Borbon gets up along with left-hander Will McEnany. It's a second double play. The Reds have turned over in this ball game, and here's Elliot Maddox, who has bounced to third and tripled. He's one for two. And takes high ball. Top of the seventh. The Reds lead three to one. Two outs, nobody on for the Yankees. In the last three innings, Bill, the red infield has uh, been a big help to God. Fastball is in a called strike. It's one and one on Maddox. In the fifth inning, Shambliss led off with a single. Nettles hit into a double play. Rivers bunted into a forced play in the sixth inning and was cut down by uh, Vance. And now this play by Morgan and Perez. Yes. The one one. Maddox takes high two balls and a strike. Of course, Gullett helped himself back in that sixth inning after he walked Stanley. Rivers butted, and he got that ball. I didn't think he had a chance at second base, but he threw down a second and made a good play there, getting uh, Fred Stanley. Big play. The 2-1. Swung on, fouled back. Had he not gotten Stanley there, the line drive in the center field that was dropped by Geronimo would have scored a run. Two strikes on Maddox with two outs. Seventh inning. Gullett now has the new baseball. Rubs it up. Back up top looking for a sign. The 2-2 pitch. Swung on. Foul back again. Just off to our right. The count remains. Two balls. Two strikes on Elliott Maddox. Save for the ball of Geronimo. Approximately overran there in center field. The defense has been very tight. Right on the money. Come to the aid of the pitcher just when he needed it most on both sides. Well, the Reds have completed a couple of double plays, and so have the Yankees. Of course, it's hard not to field well on this artificial surface. Here's a 2-2. Low one in the dirt. Three balls, two strikes on Maddox. Not too many bad hops on this surface. But not much time to make up your mind how you're going to field the ball and what you're going to do with it. So it's half a dozen and one and a dozen of the other. It'll get there to you. Quickly. Full count on Maddox with two outs. Gullet winds and the payoff pitch. Low ball four. Oh, Maddox walks. That's a second walk given up by Don Gullet. Oh, Maddox on at first with two outs. He's not a threat to steal. He's still playing with an e-brace on. The batter, Willie Randolph, the second baseman. He's hit the ball hard twice, but he's over two. And a sharp ground ball to Concepcion in the third. Fly deep to center in the fifth. And the pitch to Randolph. 
is low a ball. Reds lead three to one, top of the seventh. Now time is called. Larry Shepard, pitching coach for the Cincinnati Reds, goes out. He wants to talk first of all to pitch. And uh, then secondly to Don Geller. Now Shepard's looking out at his bullpen. Larry Shepard. Looks like he wants to go back here. Gonna let Gullett stay in. Shepard just went out for a few quick words. He walks slowly back to the Cincinnati Red dugout on the first base side. Bench comes back behind the plate. Bill, in the first game that Gullick pitched in the playoffs, uh, he tightened up in the eighth inning, and he didn't pitch in the ninth inning. But I think at that time, it was an injury to his groin rather than his arm. Uh, maybe Shepard had detected a change in his motion at that point. Now he's ready. The 1-0. Low again. Two balls, no strikes. One thing Doc Ellis said coming out when Elliott, which might be important, he said that Gullick can throw as hard as anybody from the windup, but from the set position or the stretch position, he loses a lot off that fastball. Uh, uh, Ellis said that as a former Pittsburgh Pirate. Yes, Doc Ellis, of course, uh, with the Pirates, as he knows he's Reds. Here's a 2-0. High ball, three. Three balls, no strikes on Willie Randolph. Elliott Maddox on at first base, two outs here in the seventh inning. The Reds have a two-run lead. They lead it 3-1. to one. And Ellis. You can hear something called apprehension. It's rippling through the crowd here at Riverfront Stadium. Well, right up he sets. And the 3 old pitch is in there called strike at 3-1. and one. Now Randolph backs off, looks at his third base coach, Dick Hauser. Hauser looking in at Billy Martin. Now he gives a couple of signs to Randolph. Here's a set. The pitch. Ball strike two. Three balls, two strikes on Randolph. So Maddox will be moving. Otto Velez has just picked up a bat, and he's moved into the on-deck circle. He'll bat for Fred Stanley if Randolph gets on. Now the set. The runner going. Payoff pitch is high. Ball four. So Gullin has walked two in a row here in the seventh inning. Yankees have runners at first and second with two outs, and Otto Velez is being sent up to bat for Fred Stanley. Now Morgan calls time. He wants to talk to Gullett. The third pass issued by Don Gullett. Two of them here in the seventh inning. He hit Chambliss. He had a no-ball two-strike count on Chris Chambliss as Chris was leading off here in the seventh. The Nettles was up, and he bounced one slowly to Joe Morgan, who tagged at Chambliss and then threw on the first base to complete the double play. Then Gullett lost his control, walked Maddox, then he walked Randolph. So the Yankees have runners at first and second. They're two outs. And Otto Velez is batting for Brad Stanley. Velez is a right-handed batter. Gullet sets and deals. Swung on and missed. Jim Mason has gotten up, and he starts throwing in the Yankee bullpen. Of course, he'll come on and play shortstop for the Yankees in the bottom part of the seventh inning. Like you people say, Gullet reached back that time. Velez, his swing was perceptibly behind the pitch. Here's a one-strike pitch. Swung on and fouled back. No ball, two strikes. We mentioned earlier when Elliott about that shadow, and it's just about got home plate covered now. And the hitter, the catcher, and the umpire have a little bit more trouble seeing the baseball as the pitcher is swung from the sunshine into the shadows. 
two strikes on Velez. Runners lead off first and second with two outs. The pitch outside. One ball, two strikes. Velez on the year for the Yankees. Batted 266. Hit two home runs and drove in 10 runs. got into 49 ball games. Now Bellett gets a sign and sets. The one-two. Swung on and the wind goes down swinging. Big strikeout for Don Gullett. No runs, no hits, no errors by the Cincinnati Reds. The Yankees leave two men on base. We go in the bottom half of the seventh inning. It's the Reds three. The New York Yankees one.
stretch going to the opposite field. Looks like that ball was going to be out of here. Hit high off the wall and bounced back past Maddox. And by the time Maddox got the ball back in, Foster had scored from first base. And Bench is over at third with an RBI triple. And Billy Martin now walking out to the mound. And uh, that might be all for Doyle Alexander. Martin wants the left-hander. Sparky Lott. Well, Bill, you called it. You said that it would be the sixth inning that the, the, the pace or the burden might begin to show on uh, pitcher Doyle Alexander here about an out late, but here we are. Well, when that's only uh, only because I think uh, the, the hitters finally get to the point where they realize that Alexander will not throw the fastball by them. So the news from Riverfront Stadium here in Cincinnati is 4-1, a change in pictures. So let's take a brief update from CBS News in New York. CBS News, I'm Steve Young reporting on the CBS radio network. President Ford and Jimmy Carter exchanged telegrams today. Carter charged Mr. Ford with making misleading and erroneous statements regarding the Democrats' stands on taxes and federal spending. In responding to that telegram, Mr. Ford said he was delighted to help Carter clarify his stands on the issues, and he continued to say Carter waffles and wobbles on tax, spending, and other issues. The warring factions in Lebanon seem to have taken the day off. It's reported quiet there today. Syria's president has ordered his troops to stop fighting. That move came as Arab and Palestinian leaders gathered in Saudi Arabia for summer talks on the Lebanese war. That British-sponsored conference on Rhodesia that was to have opened in Geneva October 25th has been postponed for three days to accommodate the black African leaders who wanted more time to prepare for the meeting. Steve Young, CBS News, New York. Back at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati where Sparky Lyle is finishing his warm-ups as he has just replaced Doyle Alexander in the bottom of the seventh inning as the Reds have now gone 4-1 in the lead as a result of Johnny Bench's screaming line drive down the right field uh, line. It just hit the wall maybe four or five feet below the top. And uh, I'm told by a local observer that in back in 1972, the historic home run that Johnny hit that defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates, or at least tied up the game at that point, went to the same spot just that much higher and into the stand. So the Reds threatening with the bench on third and Cesar Geronimo at the plate, Bill White. All right, Wes. Sparky Lyle coming on in relief of Doyle Alexander here in the bottom of the seventh with the Reds leading four to one. Johnny Bench at third base. Nobody out. Yankees bring their infield in. Geronimo is over two. A left-handed batter. First pitch to him is swung on a miss. Lyle getting that slider down and away. Sparky had another excellent year for the Yankees. He picked up 23 saves and seven wins in 1976. Here's the 0-1 to Geronimo. Outside. Blocked by Hudson now. He can't find it and Bitch will score. Reds now lead 5-1. That's a wild pitcher, a fastball. Wild pitch. Wild pitch charge to Sparky Lyle. Reds now lead 5-1. And the count on Geronimo is a ball and a strike. That ball was to the left of Munson. He got that ball down there, blocked it, and it kicked back to his right. He couldn't find the ball, and Bench alertly scored from third base. The 1-1. Swung on line, left turn, that's going to be a base hit, it might go to the wall. Rivers down and block it off, and he does, but around first base and digging into second is Cesar Geronimo, and the Reds have come alive here in the bottom half of the seventh inning. Yep. The world champion.
Cubs are playing like it now. The game had been even up until this inning, three to one, and one swipe of the bat by one of the Yankee power hitters could have brought it back in focus. But with the first three batters, the game has completely changed to Cincinnati now. That triple by Bench off the right field wall after the single. I Foster followed by this double has now changed the entire complexion of the game. Now here's Davey Concepcion, and he takes high from Lyle. Whether it's the lively ball or the lively field, uh, of the ten hits made for the Red so far, five have been for extra bases, Bill. Lyle sets again. Here's the 1-0. Concepcion fouls it straight back at the ball in the strike. Cesar Geronimo down at second base. There's nobody out here in the seventh inning. The Reds lead 5-1. Well, that finishes up uh, Alexander's record. The 1-1 one, one has punted out and missed. 1-2. So Alexander went 6-plus. Pitched the two-runner batters here in the seventh. Gave up five runs on nine base hits. He struck out one and walked two. Grant Jackson and Dick Tidrow loosening up in the Yankee bullpen. Set. Here's a one-two to Concepcion. Swung on and missed. It's a big breaking curveball, and there's one away. So Concepcion strikes out. Geronimo still at second. And the hand is for Pete Rose. Rose is 0 for 1 in the ballgame, although he's been up three times. He flies to center field to lead the ballgame off in the first. He drove in a run the red second run of the ball game with a sacrifice by the center in the third and he walked in the sixth this is the first time we've seen him as a right-hander in this game facing the left-handed Lyle Yankees play roll straight away Lyle sets checks the runner and deals bounce towards shortstop who has left his base digs it out throws on the first base of got Rose and on the play Geronimo goes to third Two outs, the batter will be Ken Griffey, the right fielder. Griffey so far is 0 for 3. Line to left, pop to the third baseman, Greg Nettles, and forced a runner at uh, second base in the sixth. Then he stole a base and scored on a single by Tony Perez. The Reds have five runs on ten hits. The Yankees one run on four. We're playing the bottom half of seven. Lyle sets. And the pitch. Griffey takes low and away. Good stop there by Munson. He saved a wild pitch. Wild basically is a slider pitcher. He keeps that slider down and away from left-handers. Every once in a while, he'll try to hit him on the pitch with a fastball. Here's a 1-0. Swung on and missed. One ball, one strike on Griffey. Griffey almost won the National League batting title. Yeah. That last day when he sat it out until he discovered that Madlock was killing the ball, and then he came off the bench for two times at bat and struck out both times. Now the set by Lyle. Here's a 1-1 pitch. Swung on, bounced foul. And at the photographer's section, just to the left of the Cincinnati Red dugout on the first base side, it's a ball and two strikes on Griffey. Bill, I don't necessarily mean as to pertain to Griffey's performance, but it's been my experience in any sport at any time. You can't press buttons. I don't care how good you are. Unless you're out there to give all the time, you can't sit back and say, well, I'll do it when I want to. When you do it when you want to, you're found more wanting than want to. 
He's saying it's hard to turn it on and off. It sure is. Here's the one-two to Griffey. Swung on and missed. Waved at a wide-breaking slider. But the Reds scored twice. On three bases, the lead man on base. And at the end of seven, the Reds five, the Yankees one. Until now, a do-it-yourselfer needed a vice to hold his work, a workbench to hold the vice, and the space to fit the workbench. Hi, Pat Summerall to tell you that True Value Hardware Stores can help you change all that with the Black & Decker Workmate. It's a portable all-purpose workbench, vice, and more. It adjusts to hold wet-shaped objects, pipe, even irregular and bulky items like bicycles for repair. Yet it weighs just 32 pounds and folds to the size of a collapsed lawn chair, so you can take the workbench to the work. See the Workmate portable all-purpose workbench at True Value Hardware Stores. And while you're there, check out their selection of Black & Decker power tools, like the 3-8-inch power drill. It drills through 3-8-inch steel or 3-quarter-inch hardwood. It's double insulated for electrical safety, and it's just $9.88. Black & Decker tools are just some of the values at participating True Value hardware stores. True Value. It's more than just a name. It's their way of doing business. Pause 10 seconds for station identification on this, the CBS radio network. This is WBBM Chicago, News Radio 78. It's one minute past two o'clock in the afternoon, 47 degrees, wind northwest, 10 miles an hour. Here we are back on the banks of the Ohio. Can't say the side of the Ohio. The banks of the Ohio, the Riverfront Stadium, the home of the Cincinnati Reds, and right now, the home of the free and the happy Cincinnati fans who've seen their club put together 10 hits, five runs, have committed one error. The Yanks, threatening occasionally, have only got four hits off non-dullard and one run. As we go into the top of the eighth inning, that's the story. 5-1, Cincinnati Reds, and Mick the Quick up there, Bill. And uh, Sparky Anderson taking no chances. He's got a couple of guys warming up as Gullet deals high to Rivers. Pedro Borbone and Will McEnany, a left-hander and a right-hander. Borbone, the right-hander, and McEnany, the left-hander. Rivers so far is over three against Gullet. Fastball popped up behind the plate. Johnny Bench throws the mask away. He's got room, and he's got it. Boy, he makes things look easy when Elliott. That's Johnny Bench. Yep. Like we said before, when it comes to catchers, we got four of them down there that uh, the golden arms, I suppose. And looking right down at a bench's face as he was uh, assessing the top flight, he was absolutely serene and confident. There was no question. No way he was going to miss that ball. No. He had a magnet in the glove. Oh, there's one out, nobody on. Eighth inning, here's Roy White. He was bounced out, lined out, and got on on an error by center fielder Cesar Geronimo. So White's over three. Reds lead 5-1, eighth inning. Deck is there much. Here's Gullet's first pitch to White. Swung on line, base in left field. Backing up and getting it on a couple of hops is Foster. He gets it back in, and White will hold it first. Only the fifth base hit in this ballgame for the Yankees. White on it first, one out, and the batter third much. Bill, on the previous pitch, Don Gullet stumbled on the mound. I was going to say, had there been a man on base, that would have been a balk. He is now bent over, and he may have pulled a muscle in the groin as he had done in the first game, or maybe in Sparky Anderson is out there. The trainer is out there. It looks like it's in his right ankle or foot. And uh, right away, Anderson beckons. He wants the right-hander, Pedro Borbone. So Borbone will come on. And, of course, 
He'll get as much time as he needs because Gullen's being taken out because of an injury. It, it, it seemed inconsequential at the time when uh, Don stumbled on the previous delivery, but uh, obviously he turned his ankle. He turned that right ankle, and the crowd comes to its feet here at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati to salute Don Gullett as he leaves the game after having faced a one batter, or the two batters in the eighth inning, giving up a single to Roy White. And as I have it, that was the fifth hit of the eight and one-third innings that he has pitched, and he's allowed the single run. The seventh, I'm sorry, the seven and one-third innings. And now Pedro Borbon, who has been the backbone of the Cincinnati Reds relief corps for a couple of years with the trading of Clay Carroll. It was Carroll and Bourbon who used to carry. Then the kids came, McEnany and uh, Eastwick. I have a theory about this... Uh, Cincinnati Red Club. You know, they've been at the Big Red Machine since 1970. But in all that time, they've only won the pennant. That is the World Series and the championship last year. Uh, they were bested by the Orioles. They were defeated by Oakland. But it was with the appearance of the two fuzzy cheek kids last year, Eastwick and McEnany, who had fabulous years coming in from either side of the plate as relief pitchers that this club, I won't say matured, but it gave them just the thing they needed. Well, it made possible Sparky Anderson to change his name to Captain Hook. You can't be Captain Hook unless you've got somebody to follow up the hook. And it was those two kids who did it. Just a theory of mine, Bill, just like on your club, the Yankees. They're great pennant-winning champions. have always had great relief pitchers. Going back to Will Seymour and Joe Page, Johnny Murphy. Doesn't happen unless you got that stop. Allie Reynolds. Yeah. And this club, of course, was Sparky Loud, Dick Kidrow, Grant Jackson. That's right. Well, Bourbon is ready, and he pitches to Munson, and it's up and in a ball. So Gullen went seven in the third, gave up one run on five hits, struck out four, walked three. Of course, White's his responsibilities. Perez playing behind White at first base. One out here in the top of the eighth. Pop foul. That's back over our head. Hits the ball to strike on Munson. Lefty Gomez is listening out there in San Francisco. Mentioning Johnny Murphy must make his left arm tingle. Now Bourbon sets and deals. Best ball bounced slowly toward third. Over there is a picture. Bourbon throws on the first base. Off balance. got much. And moving into second base is Roy White. Oh, they're two out. To put out one three. Good play by Bourbon. And we're going to get a pinch hitter for Lou Pinella. May is going to bat for Lupinella. Billy Martin going for a left-handed hitter against a right-handed pitcher. Now Raleigh Eastwick gets up along with Will McEnany. Eastwick a right-hander. Bill, that was a big out for Borbaum. At Munson, as he goes, this club has been going. Carlos May takes the strike. Reds have a 5-1 to lead. Playing the top of the eighth, there are two outs. White is down at second base. The next pitch, line right field, but right there's Griffey going back now, and he's got it on the run. Griffey started in, then had to go back and made the catch on the run for the third out. So the Yankees no run to base it, and White was left at second base. We're going to the bottom of the eighth, the red spot, the Yankees, one. When you've decided to buy a microwave oven, 
Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easy way to be sure you're getting the right one? There is. Just go to your Amana retailer and see a demonstration of the fabulous Amana Touchmatic Radar Range, the first microwave oven with a memory. The Amana Touchmatic Radar Range can take foods from the freezer to the table, simple as one, two, three. Because Amana's Touchmatic Radar Range remembers how long to defrost, then remembers exactly how long to cook. And after it calls you for dinner, the timer even remembers and displays the time of day. And just look at these other performance and convenience features. Stainless steel interior, big enough for a family-sized turkey. Cookmatic power shift lets you choose the cooking speed you need. 675 watts of cooking power cooks almost everything in one-fourth the usual time, with 50 to 75% less energy than a conventional electric range. That's energy saving. The Yamana Touchmatic Radar Range. Once you see it in action, you'll know it's the one for you. Riverfront Stadium, where we're approaching the last half of the eighth inning with the home team Cincinnati Reds seemingly in command of the game, 5-1. to one. Sparky Lyle now in relief of the starter Doyle Alexander and Pedro Bourbon, who came in to stop out a Yankee chance last inning, as Don Gullett seemingly uh, turned his ankle uh, after pitching to one batter and had to be removed. Yankees might have had a chance, but their big hitter Munson was out to pitcher the first and a fly ball to right field. And right now it looks like the champions are in command. Bill? All right, when and Joe Morgan, the fellow who's helped the uh, champions toward getting in command, he homered in the first. And he takes outside from Lyle. Morgan also flies the center to left center to White in the fourth and struck out in the sixth. First time he's faced Sparky Lyle. Line, Willie Randolph leaps to second base, he makes the catch. Morgan went down and got a low fastball, lined it to the second base from Willie Randolph, and there's one away. And the hand is for Tony Perez. Perez is three for three in this ballgame this afternoon with a run batted in. He's got two singles and a double. Yankees flame straight away. Tony Perez, three for three. On the air, he batted just 260. 19 home runs, 91 runs batted in. And he takes a strike on the outside corner. And to get those 91 RBIs, he drove in three runs the last day of the season. Sliders inside, it's one and one. It's hard for Perez to get much recognition. He sits around Morgan, Rose, Bench, swings, and he doesn't get a slider. A ball and two strikes. In fact, there was some question as to whether he had sufficient recognition with the Reds' front office a couple of years ago. There was a lot of talk about Tony being on the block, uh, whether that was true or not. Of course, that spurred him on to a good season the next year. The 1-2 is popped foul out of play right side. Count remains. The ball and two strikes on Perez. On deck is Dan Drayton. That's knowing your personality then, Bill. I mean, not yours, but some people do better when they know their love. Some people uh, do a little better when they know they're under pressure. I like to be under a little pressure. Really? Yes. Did your managers know that? Well, they love me. <laughs> the one, two is fouled straight back. <laughs> I put the pressure on myself, Wes. How about that? Well, that's the best kind to be self-motivated. It doesn't make any difference what business you're in. Lyle gets a new ball. He works quickly. The one, two fixer Perez is swung on and missed. Munson scoops that ball up and tag Perez, and they're two outs. Lyle has come on and struck out three. Oh, they're two outs. 
Nobody on for the Reds in the eighth inning. The batter, Dan Dries, the designated hitter. He slides to center field, slides to left field, and fouled out. 0 for 3. Dreesen will be the DH against right-handed pitchers. Bob Bailey, the DH against left-handed pitchers. As Dreesen takes the strike on the inside corner. Of course, the uh, Reds lead it 5-1, so Anderson not allowing Dreesen to bat against Lyle. Slider swung out and missed. No balls, two strikes. Did he, does he consider that Dreesen is a better sitter downer than Bailey? More than Dreesen. <laughs> Bounce to first base. Tables battle the ball and nobody's covering first. Lyle did not break off the mound. And when Tables bobbled that ball, nobody was there to catch the throw. And we'll wait to see what the official score says. I would anticipate that it'd be two errors. One that will go on the books to Chambliss and one will not go on the books to Lyle. Well, they give one, uh, you're right, when they do give the physical error to Chris Tamblyn. Of course, Lyle not being there, and Tampa's got that ball, looked for it, but there was nobody there. Well, that's the Yankees' first error of the ball game. And here's George Foster, the left fielder. Runner at first, two out. Runner going. Popped up left side. White coming on. Still coming. Glasses down in left field, and he puts it away for out number three. No runs, no hits, near and a man left on base. And here's the main here at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. The score, the Red Five, the Yankees, one. When you come in to get a new muffler, the last thing you want to get is a surprise with a final bill. So Midas presents the price quote that sticks. It's our Midas free written estimate, and it's one of a kind. Before we ever lift a wrench, we show you on paper exactly what parts you'll need and exactly what it will cost. And the finished job will never cost you one penny more. At Midas, we haven't just been building business for 20 years. We've been building trust. For mufflers or shocks, come to Midas. We're specialists. We have to do a better job. Do you have a taste for things that are a little out of the ordinary? Look, Doris, it has a clock in its stomach and it glows in the dark. I think we should snap it up, Dick. Do you like things that are fun but are also functional? Look, Dick, this is fun. Uh-huh, but is it functional, Doris? Do you want to be the talk of the town? Oh, Dick and Doris, we were just talking about you. Then the Opaly Susu is your kind of car. It's not ordinary. It's fun but functional, and people will talk about it. Did you hear what Dick and Doris bought? The Opaly Susu, a dandy new small car at your Butte Opal Dealers. A homer on the road, it's always a thrill to see that ball sail right out of the park. I'm Mike Schmidt of the Phillies, and I'm here to tell you how to drive in the winning run for your future in the Navy. Great training, a challenging job, travel, and some real adventure. That's the Navy lineup of opportunity. So get your high school diploma and join the Navy team. For more information, call your Navy recruiter toll-free at 800-841-8000. The preceding has been brought to you on behalf of Major League Baseball. I've been told that one of the hallmarks of the Cincinnati crowd was that they never left the stadium when their team was behind. Now Bill White is going to take the play. Bounce to first base, right there's Perez as Campbell jumps on the first pitch and Perez beats him to the bag, there's one away. Well, one pitch, one out here in the ninth inning. The Reds have a five to one lead and this crowd went Elliott. Not too many of them leaving, as you mentioned. They're, they're ahead, but they're staying here. They want to what the Reds are going to do. Well, the Reds lead 5-1. One. one out, nobody on. Greg Nettles about it. Bill, that comes under the heading of how sweet it is. Yes. You want to stay and enjoy it as long as you can. Four bones pitch to Nettles is down low. 
Reynolds has given in a run with the sacrifice fly. He's also bounced into a couple of double plays. Fastball line and backhanded by Perez at first base. Two out. Tony Perez not only having a fine day with the bat, but also with the leather. And they're two out. Tony is twice blessed today by the Lord of Defense and the head man of offense. Here's Elliot Maddox. And we're going to get Maddox called back, and Oscar Gamble will bat for So Gamble batting for Maddox here with two outs and nobody on as Pedro Borbone is just one out away. We're putting the nail in the Yankees' coffin here in the first game of the 1976 World Series. Gamble bats left-handed. And he takes high and away a ball. And the 1-0 to Gamble. Swung on and fouled straight back. And that got Lee Wire, the home plate umpire, on his right arm. And it's 1-1. One and one. Well, when this game is over, you'll hear some kind of roar from the Cincinnati Red fans. one one to gamble ball is high didn't break it's two and one understand that anderson used to take tony perez out for danny dreesen late in ball games for defensive reasons well perez is doing his job with the leather today popped up left side and foul territory pete rose over there in the yankee dugout and the ball game is over oscar gamble fouling out to pete rose yankees go three up three down in the ninth final score the cincinnati reds win the first game of the Series here in 
and the Reds uh, went out front in the third inning. Do you remember um, how that happened? Well, in the third, with one out, uh, Davy Concepcion doubled in the left center field and uh, tripled in the left center field as that ball uh, got past White and Rivers in the sacrifice fly by uh, Pete Rose. Uh, drove in uh, Davy Concepcion. Well, as you mentioned, uh, when Elliott was all uh, red, you know, we sit up here and we talk, but they do a lot of little things, a lot of little things that uh, make them the ball club they are. If they don't hit, they can still get on base. They can steal a run here or there. We saw them, uh, we saw them do it. It's, they're just a good ball club. Yankee ball club, also a good ball club. But I think the Yankees are going to have to get runs. I don't think they can depend on winning a ball game one to nothing with the Cincinnati Red Ball Club. They're going to have to score runs. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can count on beating them one nothing. You really have to beat them. We'll be back to Riverfront Stadium in just one minute.